It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, the Redskins decided, I guess, to take their entire Monday and focus on the receiving core, right? I mean, what a Monday we had. I'm at Nick Ashew on Twitter, nickashew.com slash locked on Redskins. Bashad Perryman and Michael Floyd are now Redskins. If that lasts the entire year, we have no idea right now. But look, uh, they needed to do something to address their wide receiver core, uh, which is certainly banged up, whether it's the young talent and a guy like Trey Quinn and Cam Sims, who uh, they weren't going to see a ton of time anyway this year, but are now on injured reserve. Uh, they bring Brian Quick back. That certainly wasn't enough. Uh, they want to address something. They saw what was going on in that game on Sunday and realize that the receivers that they have, and look, I got a lot of crap from some people on Twitter, and I think you're insane for even questioning this. The fact that the Redskins had receivers like Doxson and like Paul Richardson, who had a decent debut for the Redskins, ending up dropping passes like they had stone hands, you're going to tell me that that was okay what you saw on Sunday. It's just not. And look, Alex Smith has a reputation of dumping the ball off. I mean, 13 receptions for Chris Thompson. 13. Your leading rusher was a wide receiver, and your leading receiver was a running back. That's not something that you can maintain in your offense for the entire season. So they go out and get Floyd. They go out and get Perryman. Uh, Floyd has had some success in the NFL. He had a thousand yard receiving year uh, a few years ago with the Cardinals. And then got that DUI, and his career has never really been you know, the same. Spent time with the Vikings last year, was there in the playoffs last year. So he, he does add some value to them. Perriman has speed, but we have no idea why his hands are so terrible. Like, he just can't catch the football. It's really difficult to be a wide receiver when you can't catch the football. Now, I know because I stashed Perriman in fantasy uh, about a year ago, and yeah, that, that, that didn't change at all. <laughs> so he never really actually lived up to you know, what he was supposed to be. Both those guys former first-round picks. So there's certainly some talent there, and it's low risk for the Redskins. And like, I'm all for the Redskins making moves, making additions when they're low-risk moves. Michael Floyd, a little more of a veteran compared to Perriman. He's a little bit, sh- he's a little bit younger. But I, like, none of those guys are going to come in and suddenly catch five or six balls a game. If you're expecting that, I hate to ruin you, <laughs> burst your bubble here, but... Uh, it's just it's not going to happen. That being said, you're adding some depth there at least to start, which is a good thing. I will say this, though. They need a lot more than just those guys if you want this offense to get back on track. Now, that wasn't the only issue. I mean, there was certainly a whole lot more than just the Redskins receivers dropping passes. That was a problem Sunday against the Colts. But that being said, you still put yourself in a position here as an organization where you got to go out and do something. But like, isn't this a difference? Somebody mentioned this to me today. I don't remember who it was. I wish I could give him credit. I, I can't. But it was the Patriots go out and get Josh Gordon for a fifth round pick. The Redskins side, Brashad Perryman. It's the most Redskins thing ever. When, by the way, they were talking to the Browns about acquiring Josh Gordon. Now, 
I don't mind that the Redskins didn't, Redskins didn't go out and get him because, quite frankly, the guy's one puff away from being suspended probably for life at this point. So do we really want somebody like that that's going to be that much of a risk when you're giving up a draft pick? Redskins didn't give up any picks. They're going to bring in a couple of players that are going to be depth players for them, and that's it. So, like, I'm cool with Floyd and Perriman coming in. I'm not really going to be looking at them as guys that are going to be major contributors to this team, but sometimes it's just depth. It's, it's, it's shaking things up a little bit. And I'll give the Redskins and I'll give Jake Rudin credit. They look at what they saw on Sunday and said, let's not let this progress. Let's not let this be something that continues for the next three to four weeks, which by the way, they got their bye week, week four, which is just the worst. Like there is nothing worse than a week four bye week. Ugh. The earliest bye week is absolutely just the worst. But they go out and at least do something. Try and shake it up in some capacity. And I'll give them credit for that. I think that it's important that they do something like that. Whether it makes a difference, that's a whole other subject. Now, the Patriots going out and get Josh Gordon, that's low risk for them too. I mean, this really is the Patriots. See, the Patriots can go out and make moves that other teams can't. Like, if the Redskins went and traded, let's be honest with ourselves here. If the Redskins today or yesterday, whatever, traded a fifth-round pick for Josh Gordon, what would your response have been? Oh, well, same old Redskins. That's stupid. This is a terrible idea. Oh, he's probably going to get suspended again anyway. Oh, he's not going to do anything. But when it's the Patriots, they do it. Then suddenly it becomes, oh, well, it's the Patriot way. This is what they do. They pick up guys that are reclamation projects. They polish them up and shine them up real nice. And then they end up contributing. So some people saying, well, he's obviously going to be Super Bowl MVP now. Okay, let's let's pump the brakes. But also I get that there's sarcasm because that's what social media brings, and I'm all for it. But it's just when you have a reputation, when you build a culture, and this is why culture is so important in sports. It's so important for organizations. When you build a culture like the Patriots have, whether you want to bring up their cheating or not, as I try to tell everybody, yourteamcheats.com. Please check that out. Every team cheats. The Patriots have just done it more egregiously, and they've also been caught a lot. Fine, whatever. But when you build a culture like the Patriots have built, and they put themselves in this special bubble where everything is just different for them, where they bring in players that are reclamation projects or unheard of. A Kevin Hogan, who was a lacrosse player, and he's now a really good receiver for them. Julian Edelman was nothing till he was with the Patriots. These are guys that become, whether it's a star or at least a really good player, that's what they do. And by the way, if guys like Albert Hainsworth don't work out, well, then they just get rid of them, and it's always low risk. Remember, Albert Hainsworth was with the Patriots for a very short amount of time. So <laughs> it didn't work out, but it's not like it ruined their franchise. That's what happens with the Patriots, and it's just different from other organizations where they've created this culture where players go there and say, wow, I have an opportunity to go to a winning organization, to walk in there and know I'm not going to be the man. I'm going to be actually the opposite. And every other player, not just the coaches, but the players within the Patriots organization hold you to that standard. And when you hold players to that standard, you then in turn create that culture and continue it throughout the time that whoever it is that's there that you're trying to fix, right? Like they're always trying to fix somebody. The Patriots are that woman that thinks she can fix that guy, except in this case, she actually does, right? Like women can't turn around a guy. You are who you are. But you can say, I'm going to turn him around. I'm going to make him better. He's going to grow up. It usually doesn't happen, okay? Like we are who we are as guys, but... The Patriots have found the magic pill, and they're able to do it a majority of the time. And that's that's what makes them great. And look, 
the Redskins, when you think about it, every time a big, you know, a veteran comes in, how often does that veteran end up becoming one of the vocal leaders or the team captain almost right away? Like, Alex Smith is the team captain. Now, granted, your starting quarterback should be fine. But DJ Swearinger, the minute he walked in that door, was the leader of that defense. And he just got there. Like, is that a sign of a good culture, an established culture? It's not to me. Now, look, the Redskins are going in the right direction. They're certainly washing away a lot of the dirt from previous years, from previous regimes, from previous situations that were drama-filled, that were Kardashian, that had nothing to do with anything football. That's what we've said. This has been football-related with them now. But they still have a long way to go to get to the point where when they bring somebody in that has a troubled past, somebody that has issues, that's on their last leg, that's getting their last chance in the NFL, they get the benefit of the doubt. The Redskins aren't there and the Patriots are. And that's why Josh Gordon would not have made sense for them. And good Lord, I'm so glad Des Bryant had nothing to do with any of this, right? Like every team is avoiding Des Bryant at all costs and rightfully so. Like, isn't that a sign right there that the types of receivers that are out there Impairment who can't catch the football and he's a receiver. I mean, unless they're going to make him a running back. Haven't thought about that until now. Maybe he's actually going to run the football for them and that's it. I don't know. Not sure. That may be the case. <laughs> but, like, you got Michael Floyd out there. You got Perryman out there. And Redskins said, no, Des Bryant, not a chance. Doug Williams apparently was asked the other day about it, too. And he just said, do you want the hard answer? It's no. So, no. No Des Bryant for the Redskins. It's never going to be Des Bryant in a Redskins uniform. And that's the way to approach it. So, look. Michael Floyd and Bashad Perriman can do anything for him, fine. Uh, if they don't, it's pretty low risk. But they've at least added depth right now, and maybe they keep him on the roster, and then, you know, Trey Quinn's able to come back. He gets moved up to the active roster, and one of those guys gets cut. And then you go back to, you know, the young talent that you have, the players that you're developing into being a part of your franchise down the road. Maybe Trey Quinn can turn into a Julian Edelman or a Wes Welker at some point, right? See what I did there? Slot white wide receivers. That's, I mean, that's what we do, right? That's just how we have to compare them. So, look, I, I, I'm all for them developing their young talent. And hopefully, hopefully, Trey Quinn at least, and maybe Cam Sims, get an opportunity to come back this year and contribute to this team. But that being said, what they were able to do and quickly act and try to address their needs at wide receiver, they have other needs too. They need somebody that can get to the quarterback, right? Like that would be nice if there was the possibility that, you know, Ryan Kerrigan and Preston Smith could actually get to the quarterback. I think Kerrigan had like one hit on Andrew Luck on Sunday. All right. They're supposed to be the guys that, one, you've got Preston Smith in a contract here. I picked him to have a big year, and so far he's making me look like an ass. Not the first time, but, I mean, it's, it's what he's doing right now. So if you then, in turn, get to the quarterback, it may help a little bit. Now you got Junior Gallette out there still campaigning for the Redskins to sign. I'm literally tweeting them saying, I can help right now. He is desperate for a job. He was offered a two-year, $10 million contract by the Redskins that he turned down. Thought he could get more on the open market. I feel bad for him because, well, he's really been working hard to try to make an NFL comeback. Kept himself out of trouble, and his agent just steered him in the wrong direction, and now he's sitting on the sidelines. Yes, pun intended there. So, right now, They've got to figure out what they're going to do with their pass rush as well. And maybe Junior Gallette is that guy. Maybe it's another one-year deal. Maybe there's an opportunity there. But when you see things going wrong, notice that trend quickly. Jay Gruden has go and address those needs as best you can. Now, you're not going to get stars in the open market. NFL, you're not going to really make trades like you do in baseball or the NBA or anything like that. So you kind of have to go out and find guys off the street and hope that you can fit them into your system in a way that's going to help contribute, that's going to help improve whatever it is that you're trying to improve whether it's your pass game, whether it's your run game. And now Rob Kelly may be out. You know, Rob Kelly could be out for four to six weeks. All right, so then that 
what are the Redskins going to do at running back? You already lack depth. Samaj P. Run was inactive on Sunday. I guess he's going to be active, and you're going to hope that maybe the guy that you thought could be a feature back for you, or at least a first and second down back in your offense, maybe now becomes that guy. So still a lot of questions for the Redskins. It's only week two, but you got the Packers coming up, and of course we're going to look ahead to Green Bay as the week goes on, because whether Aaron Rodgers is 100% or 50%, he's still dangerous, and the Redskins are going to have to figure that out. You are locked on Redskins. Your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, it's funny, whenever you do a podcast like this or really anything in this business, people always ask you for advice. Uh, usually it's about a team to bet on this week, right? Everybody loves betting, and now more than ever, gambling is a huge deal, especially in sports. Look, the truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, which good for you if you do, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, you're betting on Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with, and that's why you should always go to my bookie. Trust me, guys, these are your best answer for this season. They've been in the business for years. They've got great reviews. Their mobile site's easy to use, which everybody wants, right? It's all mobile now. That's what anybody cares about. I'm telling you, go to my bookie. When you win, they pay, which is the whole concept of this, right? They have in-game live betting over-unders on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the business. My bookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, and then they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. If you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play by using the promo code Locked on 25. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner to make the extra money. Why not? It's free money. It's pretty simple. But you play, you win, you get paid. My bookie. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Redskins. All right, so we didn't get a chance to get to this yesterday. And look, there was a lot of post-game sound I wanted to play in the press conferences. Because, you know, look, I get the feedback from you and I really appreciate it. You guys seem to really like hearing from the players and coaches throughout the week. So that's something I want to continue to bring you. But I do want to get to this because... It, the attendance on Sunday was laughable, right? 57,000 people at FedEx Field, that's it. I mean, <laughs> the Redskins played so bad in that 21-9 loss that even the boos were quiet. Like, they weren't even loud boos. This is going to be something that the Redskins are now going to have to deal with for this entire year. They can't fake it anymore because they said they're not going to fake it anymore. And I credit Brian LaFamina and I credit this organization as a whole now, the people that are there that are trying to turn around the fan experience. Is it all genuine? Look, it's still a business. And let's be honest with ourselves, okay? They still want our money. And that's fine. 
They're a business. You're the fan. You have money. They want to take your money and put it into their pockets, but they're providing a service for you. But when the service isn't great, when the product isn't great, and it's a bad product on the field, you're not going to show up. And I've always said this, that if you want to send a message to owners in sports, there is one way to do it, and it's to hit them in the wallet. It's the only way. Because any other way, if you go to games and boo, trust me, they don't care. If you're still buying $9 beers and $7 hot dogs, and you're paying $50 for parking, it really doesn't matter. Like, the owners are still going to sit there and count all of their money at the end of the day, and they're not that worried about it. So you've got to think about this from their perspective. What's the thing that's going to bother an owner the most? And it's seeing empty seats. It's not hearing boos. It's seeing empty seats. And if you as a Redskins fan are sending that message by not going there because you're fed up with the way things have gone for years, though I would argue that the last couple of years they've made a genuine effort to try and change the culture of this team and try and change the reputation and the image of this team, there's still a long way to go. And there's a lot of deeply rooted frustration and anger with fans to where it's just kind of boiling over now, right? This pimple's gotten so big, it needs to be popped. This is gross. Do you watch, I, uh, watching those pop, people watch those videos, popping pimples. Ugh. Anyway, uh, so completely off topic there, but I just thought of pimple popping and it's disgusting. So 57,000 people show up. Chris Thompson was asked about it yesterday and basically look, he was angry when he saw a headline actually from 106.7 The Fan that said that he called out the fans and said he wasn't calling out the fans. He may not have meant to call them out, but he did. He was angry and it was disappointed with the fact that there was not a full house there and that there were booze. But this is what you got to understand. And really, of all the people to say it, Chris Thompson can say it because Chris Thompson played his ass off and he plays his ass off every single week. So, like, I'm not going to be mad at Chris Thompson, but I am going to tell you this. He's going to have to understand that the rest of the team's got to play up to his level, right? Chris Thompson brought it. He brought it week one. He brings it every game. He's one of the most valuable weapons that this team has. And quite frankly, if he was more durable, they'd play him every down, and it would be great if they could, but they can't. So you're going to continue to see this. You're going to continue to see fans not show up because quite frankly, look, I'll tell you, man, it's way more comfortable watching a game at home, right? Sit on your couch. If it's nice out, watch it outside in your backyard. Set up a projector, outdoor TV. Your beer's cheaper. You don't have to pay for parking. Deal with driving out to freaking Landover, Maryland, which is just, there's no, there should be no reason why FedEx Field is out there. Should have never even been considered. We know where it needs to be. FedEx Field, or whatever it would be next, needs to be where RFK is now, because the big elephant in the room, guess what? RFK is ugly and it's an eyesore now and needs to be torn down. I know there's history. It's time for that rusty old thing to go away. It just, it, it looks dilapidated and it's falling apart. It's just gross. That's where it needs to be. And that will bring a lot of fans out if you can make that work. Now, if there's politics behind it, there's other things that they have to deal with, fine as the organization figure it out. But if you want the best fan experience, if you want to see a sold-out stadium, which, by the way, shouldn't be more than about sixty to 65000 not this 90000 it was for a while, and they started building you know, the, the Tetris in the top to close off seats. Oh, it's for decoration. No, it's that you can't fill the seats. You added them, and now you're taking them all out, and you look stupid. If you want that fan experience, we don't care about moats. Fans don't care about moats, all right? We care about easy access to the stadium to see the Redskins play. And yeah, we want the stadium to be nice. We want the the concessions and the parking to be reasonably priced. By the way, look at the Falcons model. The Falcons have really cheap concessions and they made more money last year than they ever had before on concessions because more people will buy them because when it's a hot dog for $2 versus six or seven or a $9 beer is half that price and you have a family there, 
it's a lot easier for you to buy food and drinks for everyone in the whole entire family when it's five, six people, whatever it is there, versus I'm not trying to spend $100 on one meal. That, by the way, is just cheap stadium food. Like, all right, it's fun to have it, but like, this is hot dogs. You're not giving a steak, quality steak. That'd be nice. That'd be 50 bucks, probably more. So that's really what you need to do. The fan experience, number one, right? The number one experience for you, I'm sure, the number one improvement would be a better product on the field, right? You're gonna pay for something, pay for a product, you want it to be a good product. Number two is having it more accessible, not Landover, Maryland. If you live near Landover, Maryland, good for you, most people don't, and it's really hard to get there, and it's really hard to get out, and the metro's a mile away. You need that public transportation to make it easier. Put it downtown. Those are, and then on concessions on top of that, those three things, you won't see just 57,000 people show up to FedEx Field for the home opener in 2018, which would be 2019, I guess, next. Now, I know it's going to take years for them to actually, even once the plans are done and everything's approved, for them to actually build it, get everything together. This is going to be a long process, but that's what they're going to have to do, and that's what they're going to have to assess. And look, I, I give them credit. They've been honest. They're not lying to us about this waiting list that doesn't exist anymore. Like, the Packers waiting list is real. There's like 53,000 people on it right now. FedEx Field doesn't have that. It just doesn't exist. They're honest about it now, and I applaud them for that. But you now have to find ways to make it better in the immediate time, which one would be lowering prices there so families can feel like they can actually afford an entire day at FedEx Field, and then two, fix the product on the field. And I would argue that they have made progress to go in that direction of fixing the product on the field, and now they've got people in place that are going to try and make it more fun for you and I to go to the game, right, as fans to go and actually enjoy it. But this is going to be a trend throughout this entire year, so be ready. Especially if this team is hovering around 500, maybe even below it, if there's injuries mounting, whatever it is, if it goes the wrong way, if they play like they did in week two consistently this year versus week one, we're gonna see a really empty stadium. We're gonna see half that 57,000 there by weeks 10, 11, 12, 13, around that range. So. It's going to be really interesting to see how the team tries to spin it then. Maybe they give away free tickets or free hot dogs. I don't know. Maybe something like that. That'd be nice. I might go for some free hot dogs. Free beer? Now you're talking. Give us some free beer and now we got it. All right, we're going to hear from Jay Gruden next. It's the Locked on Redskins podcast. You are Locked on Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Redskins. After looking at it, again, on film, um, especially looking in regards to the run game, which worked so well in the first week, what do you feel went wrong there? Uh, First half, offensively, third downs. You know, we had uh, four plays and a punt. uh, You know, messed up on a route. Next time we had six plays and a punt. Um, I think we dropped the pass. Next play, next drive, we had four plays and a punt. We got a ball batted at the line of scrimmage. We had a third down and one. We did a little toss crack play. We didn't get a puller. Um, So just uh, four or five drives there in the first half. uh, Third downs were the nemesis. You know, you convert three of those things. You keep drives going. You get your run pass ratio where you want it, and you're 
uh, controlling the game more than we did. You also on first down, a lot of struggles there in the run game. Why was that, do you feel? Yeah, we had some uh, struggles in the run game throughout the course of the game on first down. A lot of their movement we didn't handle very well. We mistargeted a couple runs, uh, which is uncharacteristic. Um, uh, but overall, you know, you just can't point to one person or one position. You know, it's a running game. I've said it 3,000 times that uh, it's a total team effort when it doesn't work and when it does work. There was a report that Bashad Perriman was here today working out. Or is there? Did he work out, and did you guys sign him? Yeah, he worked out. We had about four or five guys work out today, and uh, some tight ends, and, and uh, set a workout. You know, if we were to sign anybody, we got to figure out a roster spot, which we're in the process of doing. We don't know who we're going to sign yet. Just a couple of good good players at that workout. Any injuries to clear that? that boss uh, spot or? You know, I think the only one of significance could be Rob Kelly with his toe. We're getting, uh, you know, he. he, he Hit it pretty good, got it pretty good. So I don't know if he's got to go have surgery or not. It could be a month, month and a half type deal. But we're getting the final word here soon. Uh, Jay, aside from the X's and O's, a couple of players said after the game last night that there was a, a, a lack of energy, like, like a low energy vibe in the building on the sideline before the start of the game. Did you sense that? And if you did, it, you know, is there any way to, to, to change that before next week? I think what happened was they took the opening drive and went 75 yards for touchdown. Right, we got, we got hit in the mouth right there on the opening drive. Uh, we never were able to establish any momentum, get it back at all. Defensively, they gave us a couple, a couple opportunities with turnovers there in the second half. Uh, we failed to capitalize on them. We failed to grab the momentum at any point in the game. Uh, so there's really, unfortunately, we never really had a chance to play with a lot of great energy. We're trying our hardest to get the momentum back. But we just couldn't do it. You, you said on that third and one pitch that you didn't have a puller. Yeah. Was there a missed assignment or did somebody get tangled up in the line or what, what happened with that? No, we're supposed to have a puller. Uh, we we uh, blocked it wrong. Yep. Jay, what's the balance between taking what the defense is giving you on offense and, you know, pressing and doing what you guys want to do and, you know, taking the shots when you want to because obviously you want to take – what they give you, but you can't just do that all the time. Yeah, we called some shot plays there. We, uh, you know, I had to check a few of them down. You know, we, you know, sent guys vertical quite a bit. And, uh, you know, there's a fine line there. You know, taking completions in the end of the world, but there towards the end of the game, we probably should have pushed the envelope a little bit, tried to get the ball down the field. The only chance we had there, especially after the fumble, you know. But other than that, I think the decisions were the decisions that were appropriate at the time. He could have probably tried to jam a couple down there. Uh, but, um, you know, turnovers aren't good either. So, um, you know, we'll take a look at it, try to get some more shots down the field, big plays. You know, we didn't get any against Arizona really other than the, the, the little dump off to Adrian. We didn't really get any this week either. Uh, so it's something we have to look at and try to get more of. Kind of along the same lines, what's the balance between sticking with a game plan that you obviously put a lot of time into during the week and believed in versus making the adjustments like you guys did in the third quarter in terms of the timing of, of kind of abandoning the original plan? Well, we didn't really have to abandon it until Jordan's fumble. You know, really, we, we, we pushed it. Uh, I think we had seven and a half minutes to go. We're down by two scores. Really, we're still right in the thick of the game. Um, had the ball at the 25-yard line and fumbled. You know, we scored there. We still had four and a half minutes left, three timeouts left. We're still able to do what we wanted to do. But uh, you know, I think I don't think you abandon a game plan until uh, you know you're down two scores and have to throw it. 
Maybe abandoned is the wrong word. You guys clearly tweaked it, as you talked about last night, in terms of more quick game, getting the outside guys involved in that way. So how do you balance you know, sending them deep like you originally planned versus kind of making that, that smaller adjustment then? Yeah, I think you know, we, still want to try, we still want to try to get the running game going. Uh, we just were unable to do it other than a little inside zone that uh, Adrian popped there later for about 12 yards. Uh, we were stuck in a lot of second and long, third down and longs that uh, we had to throw it. Um, so, you know, ideally, uh, you stay out of those second and longs where we try to get some drives going and you're able to stick with your plan, so to speak. We have more nakeds, you have more play passes, you have more runs. Uh, but when you're out four plays and out and then three plays and out and then six plays and out and then five plays and out, you don't establish anything. And we never did throughout the course of the game. And then we had the big fumble, of, of course. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. If you're not converting on third down, you're not establishing anything. And that's the story of the tape. Jay, uh, a lot was made yesterday of the sellout streak coming to an end. And today, Chris Thompson said he was surprised to see so many empty seats there at FedEx yesterday. Did you notice that? I did not notice it, no. No, I'm trying to, you know, get ready for a game and, and uh, did not notice it. Jay, how can you get Ryan and Preston and those edge rushers kind of a little bit more involved? Maybe not involved, but a little bit more successful in bothering the quarterback? Yeah, we, uh, you know, we rush them. You got to rush them, and then they got to try to finish, you know, and try to get them in some more third down alongs. They had about five or six third down threes or less, I believe, uh, and, and that's a tough rush down. The ball's coming out quick. They're doing quick pick plays and uh, quick crossing routes, and it's very hard for an edge player to get pressure or sack when the ball's coming out that quick. When they did have third down along, we did feel some heat. We got a tipped interception. We got another interception uh, later, so we did get some heat, but uh, the key is first, second down. We got to we had to do a better job of getting them in third and long. Stay out of those, uh, you know. And when they did get third and long, they ran, you know, a couple of screens. So, was I able to get home? Today, did you, were you kind of impressed with or not impressed? Did you like the way that your guys came back after after yesterday into the building today and the way they went about things, or is it? Uh, you know, I think everybody's obviously very disappointed. And anytime you lose a game, it's it's hard to get up and come to work. But uh, I think guys are. Focus on the next one. That's the only way we can be. It's on to the next one. It always is, win or lose, and uh, put this behind it. We have to learn from our mistakes without a doubt. The energy factor was a factor. We got to figure out ways to boost these guys up more in pregame warm-up and get them a little bit more energized, so to speak, get the fans involved, get their adrenaline flowing. Um, you know, that's on us as coaches probably more so. So, But I, I like the way these guys came in. I think they're a no-nonsense approach. They're ready to fix things and move on. Have you kind of wanted to see how this team would handle adversity a little bit? I mean, obviously you don't want it this way, but I mean, you're yeah, yeah, it. yeah. You don't want it this way. You know, I think uh, first half, obviously we saw some adversity. You know, uh, we had great start to the Arizona game, uh, so we never really faced any adverse situations. Uh, week two, terrible start. They go down a score. Uh, we can't do anything on offense going at halftime, and, and we're down. And uh, we faced. You know, we had to look ourselves in the mirror, bounce back in the second half, and tried to. Defense tried to get us some stops, but offensively, we just couldn't do anything. How much do you expect to see what Indianapolis did with other teams that you guys will face in terms of game planning? Like, will teams take a look at what they did and try to replicate with that within their own scheme? Well, they're very similar to, uh, you know, there's a few teams that are kind of similar. You know, you have some of your Atlanta, Seattle type teams. You have your Dallas, Indianapolis Colt type teams. You have your uh, Green Bay, you know, they're under front teams and coverage teams. Uh, so there's a lot of teams that have similarities that do what they do and do it well. Um, they played a lot of zone defense, only about three or four snaps a man the entire day. Um, and, uh, 
you know, and, and had a lot of movement up front, stopped our running game. So I'm sure we'll see some versions of that, but probably not this week because Coach Petton's a totally different coach, totally different scheme than obviously uh, Indy. So then when you like face a different scheme, how much are you emphasizing the previous mistakes of needing to get Oh, we correct those, you know, after the game in-house and, and try to do things better and, and make sure we understand if when they do come back up, we are uh, on top of it. You know, not a whole lot of mental mistakes, really, just a couple targeting errors uh, in a running game. Uh, mentally, mental mistakes, there weren't that many. We just physically got beat a few times and had a couple physical drops and, uh, you know, a few of those things in the fumble. But uh, overall, we just have to continue to learn from our stuff and move on. Jay, they were able to get you guys consistently with the pick plays. What were the conversations like to try to clean that up? Did you guys ever consider going zone? And if not, why Why did you guys stick with that and just try to kind of, I guess, clean up the communication and, and think yeah, that was the best Yeah, we just have path? to get different levels and not get picked. You know, you have to be more physical at the line of scrimmage if you're at the line of scrimmage. And, and uh, you know, you slough off, you're playing bump and run. If you slough off, your chances of getting picked are pretty good. So we just got to be more physical, play our leverage, know where our help is, and uh, do a better job in that regard and play it. You know, that's the big thing is playing at different levels. How, how much with the um, some of the downfield stuff with the passing game, and I know they're playing what kind of zone they're playing all that, but how much that could you attribute to is there still a, the, the growth period that's going on within this offense, the new quarterback, new running back, some new parts and all that? Yeah, not really any. You know, I think they just didn't come. You know, we called a couple of them, like I said, and uh, they didn't come up. You know, when you're, when you're having to punt after four or five play drives, you know, you start the series, you're trying to get something going. Maybe it's a quick game. Maybe you're trying to – Run, run your feature runs, and then you're second and 11. Then you know you're trying to get that 10, 11 yards right there. You know you're not trying to pump the ball uh, 50 yards down the field. We just didn't have a lot of great situational type. We tried one on the second play of the game. I uh, had to check it down to Adrian. We tried a couple others. Uh, had to check them down uh, because coverage dictated. That's where we went. But we'll continue to push it. And I'm not even just talking about the deep balls, but just the growth of the pass game downfield more with the receivers. Do you feel like that still? Is that an evolution, I guess? I still no, don't. I think they're good. They're in good shape. You know, like I said, we, we, we preach on taking what the de defense gives you. And, uh, you know, Alex does a great job of that. And, um, you know, there'll be a time and place for everything. We'll take some shots uh, in another game here, hopefully soon, and uh, go from there. You are locked on Redskins. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 